Welcome to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. We're going to get into uh, we're going to get into the Word uh, this morning. Um, anyone have their Bibles? Amen. Bi- Bible apps. We're going to be in Luke chapter five. Last week I introduced a new series entitled "Got Vision," and uh, you know after after attending a a conference last last week in in Chicago, man, I was in, I was incredibly inspired by what was taught, and so in attempt to kind of grasp our vision and and, and run with it, um, I, you know, I decided to for the next several weeks kind of just kind of talk about the vision of our church. These these messages are are vital. Um, I, I should have probably picked a better time to do it than than in the summer, but thank, thankfully we have a podcast. If you miss anything, you can go back and listen to it. Um, Primera podcast. Um, and so, so I, last week we talked about some things that um, you'd probably want to know, so so you're not surprised later on. Um, so I would encourage you to go back and and listen to that. Um, so we're reading out of Luke chapter five, verses one through eleven. Five one through eleven. This is actually a passage that was taught on in one of the sessions last week, and it was a credible message. I'm not going to be preaching the same message, but I'm preaching on the same scripture because it goes with what we're talking about um, today. <clears throat> I wouldn't. I would encourage you. Um, you know, it, if you're in here, stay in here. I don't preach long. You know that. Um, just, just. I, I want you to. I want you to. I want you to get every single part of these messages that we're that we're talking about. Amen. Uh, today's message is called Why More Matters. And again, this is a series that is meant to highlight the vision of our church, of our ministry. And so when we refer to more, we don't mean more money. We don't mean more, more lights, more events, uh, all of which are important, but I don't think that's what matters. What matters is, is people. Amen. People matter. People matter to Jesus. People, uh, pe- Jesus cared for people. So what we need as a church, as a ministry, is we need more love for people. We need more compassion for people. We need more people to come in here and hear the message and the gospel and be transformed by the renewing of their mind. That's what we need. We need more presence, more Holy Spirit in our, in our services, the Spirit-filled lives. That's what we need. That's what we, that's what we mean when we refer to more. More as in, as in the things of God that are going to make us more effective in working in the kingdom of God. And so that's what we mean by more. You know, when a church gets to a certain state of complacency and, and they're fine with not, not getting to more, um, I believe that that can easily mark the beginning of the end for, for any ministry. God wants more for his people. And I want you to grasp that this morning. God wants more for your life. He wants more for you. But in order for us to receive more from God, we have to first receive more of God. Amen? So Luke 5, 1 through 11, if you're there, we're going to go ahead and and read. It says this, On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. 
But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish that they had taken. And so, they were, and so were also James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything, and they followed him. That's a good message. That's a good story right there. And I hope you caught that all. It's so interesting to me to think about the significance of, of this passage and, and what it represents. Because you have Peter, you have Peter, who is a man that Jesus said he was going to build his church upon. And he's representing the church in its very form in this passage. He doesn't even know it yet. But in the same way that Jesus told Peter to be fishers of, the fisher of men, he told the church the same thing. He commissioned the church to go out and make disciples, bringing, bringing salvation, bringing people into the kingdom of God. So I think it's kind of funny how the entire passage, it symbolizes the commission that Jesus gave to the church through this historic event in Peter's life. So we can very well read this, this passage and replace Peter's name with, with Primera or, or, whatever you, or whatever you want. Because as a church, this, this is what we have been called to do. Are we, we in agreement there? We are still to be fishers of men. Maybe we don't go fishing very often anymore, but that's, that's still the calling. Now, there's two takeaways that I, that I, that I take from this verse. Is first, that Jesus gets results. Can you agree to that? I'm going I'm, I'm to need some, some collaboration this morning. Jesus gets results. If he doesn't, then you don't have to say amen. But in my life, Jesus is, I've seen some results. I've seen results when I can't get the results. I, I've seen results when you can't get them. I've seen them when doctors can't get them, when the experts can't get them, when the professionals can't get them. Jesus can get results. And so, and, and the second takeaway is sometimes we need to step aside in order for Jesus to get those results that we've been looking for. You know, sometimes I believe that God chooses to use us. I mean, just in every single way to get his will done. But other times, God's like, wait, I need you to step aside. I don't even want your hands on this because I'm going to do it. And when I do it, you're going to know that it, it wasn't you because you weren't even involved. It was all me. I get results. You know, I think in church, church ministry, because again, we're talking about the church. We're talking about our vision. I think we desire to do so many things sometimes. And that's good. And I believe that we should be working. I believe that we should, we should be keeping busy, right? But... But in the midst of all that busyness, sometimes we just need to stop and ask ourselves, man, am I doing this right? <laughs> am, am I employing good ideas or am I employing God ideas? Right? And listen to this. We need to be thinking about the strategy, church. You may need to be thinking about the strategies on the things that you're trying to get done in your personal life, in your business. You know, everyone has their own way of doing things, right? So if, if I were to give uh, an assignment as, you know, as a pastor and I, I were to assign maybe four, five, six leaders to the same task, everyone would approach it the, a different way. Everyone would say, oh, I think we should do it this way. Someone else would say, well, I think we should do it this way. I think this is better. This is, what, this is how this, these people do it. This is how, what the internet says. This is, this is what I think. And I don't like your idea. Well, you don't like my idea. And, and there's so many strategies that we can employ and sometimes we just can't we can't find an agreement but what what kind of boggles my mind church and I, I'm just now coming into this realization is that you know we ask God for vision 
We ask God for purpose. We ask God for meaning. We ask God in, in, in our personal lives or in our organizational lives. We ask God for creativity and, and ideas and, and, and tools to be employed so that we can be effective in ministry. But do we ever ask him for the strategy? I don't, I don't recall a time where I said, God, okay, I have my assignment. You've given it to me, but how do you want me to do it? You might say, well, God, maybe God doesn't always give us a strategy. And that might be true. You know, sometimes he's a little bit more hands off, but I, I think many times we don't even bother asking God, how do you want me to do this? But you look at people like Noah, who was asked to do what I believe many would, uh, would uh, take as impossible. And God gave him instruction. He told him how to do it. He was very detailed. God gave Moses instruction on how to get his people out of, out of Egypt. But today, there's a lot of ministries, there's a lot of churches who have vision, but they're not even asking God how to get to, to that vision. And maybe, if we can be just a little real, maybe it's because, in a way, we've, we've replaced the internet with God. Or, I'm sorry, we've replaced God with the internet. We ask Google before we ask God. We, we look at what the other churches are doing. We look at what the other ministries are doing, what, what the other businesses are doing, what the experts are doing. We go to them before we go to God. I'm not saying that those aren't things that we shouldn't be doing. I think they're great resources. We'd kind of be dumb not to employ them, but we'd be dumber not to ask God. <laughs> Don't you think? And so, you know, so, so God might be behind the plan and whatever you're trying to do, he might be behind it. He might be behind the vision that he's given to you because he, he was the one who gave it to you. He might be behind the plan, but is he behind the strategy? The strategy is important. The strategy will determine the results of what you're pursuing. Jesus gets results. We established that. So maybe we should be asking him for the strategy. Maybe we should be asking ourselves when we approach something in an assignment that's, that's divine, maybe we should ask ourselves, how would Jesus do it? You know, I think for a long time, man, we've, we've held on to this, this vision of, of, of church growth. Amen? And we've, we've heard people that, they don't even go to our church. People come in and they, and they prophesy and they give us these words and, and they're believing and they're saying, man, this church is going to be filled and, and peop, peop, weird people are going to come in. You're, you're not even going to know what to do with them. And, and I'm still waiting for that, for that girl to come in with pink hair because Sister Santa was very, very specific about that. And, 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 I'm, and we're waiting for this growth. We've been holding on to it. And I think we're still holding on to it. And I want to I talk about growth for, for a second. You know, why, why is it important? And why do some people downplay growth? You know, some people downplay growth. Some people say, oh, we shouldn't focus on growth. But I'm thinking, well, you'd want your business to grow. You'd want your, your knowledge and your wisdom to, to flourish. You would want your, your bank account to grow. Amen. Right? You'd want your nonprofit to grow. I would love for the Go movement to grow. You want your kids to grow, maybe not so fast, but you want them to grow. So you want all these other aspects in your life to grow. But how selfish of us to want all these other aspects to grow, but yet the church, oh, no, that doesn't need to grow. It's a little selfish, don't you think? But I think, I think more matters. I think we need to see growth in, in our young people because, man, the world is snatching them up left and right, man. And there, there's going to be this generation, that, 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 uh, that this gap where, where we stop seeing young people in our churches because they're leaving. 
because, because the world is getting to them first and because there's no growth and there's no, there's no, there's no encouragement to grow. We need, we need more growth in, in our knowledge and our understanding of the word of God. That's, that poor understanding of, of, of scripture and theology, that's one of the reasons so many people leave the church. We need more of that. We need more spirit-filled services. We need more people to fill this church. It, it, it matters to God. More matters. But maybe in order to get there, we need to consider who's behind the strategy. You still with me? I want to go back to the text. Man, I, man, I love this. I love the text here. The Bible says that Jesus stepped into Peter's boat. Just take notice of that for a second. He, he, was in it, but he wasn't in it before, and then he stepped into it. And I could say without a shadow of a doubt, man, that God is in our boat. God is in this church. I, I, I can feel him. I feel him when we worship. I'm not worshiping uh, a God that, that, that isn't there. I can feel it because I have an interaction with him. It's not me just singing songs. I'm, I'm, it's being reciprocated. I'm, I'm receiving something. When I step into the sanctuary, 6.30 on Sunday mornings when no one's here, man, I feel it. I feel, man, God, I'm so excited to be here. Even though I'm the only one here, even though I'm sleepy, even though I, I'm still lacking my coffee, man, I feel your presence. God is here. I know that God is in our boat. So it's very possible if he's in our boat to get to the place, to the results that God has envisioned us with. Amen. But notice something else. Jesus tells Peter, he says, go into the deep and cast your net. Go into the deep and cast your net. Now, there's an entirely different message here that I can preach right here, man. It would be good. It's a great message about how we need to stop avoiding the deep end and not be afraid to go in to the darkness because that's where the people that don't have God in their lives, that's, that's where they live. They, they live in the deep. They live in the places that we don't really want to go because it's a little scary and it's risky to get there. But, but we need to get out of the, sha- the, the shallows and go a little bit into the deep. And that's where we need to cast our net. That's a great message, but not today. I want you to notice what Peter says to Jesus. We miss this sometimes. Jesus says, go out, cast your net into the deep. Peter says, master, we toiled all night and we took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. In other words, in other words, Jesus, we did that already. In other words, Jesus, we tried that. What, what do you think we were doing all night long? We were out there. We were toiling. We were trying to catch fish. What do you think we were doing? We're fishermen. We, we tried that. I don't know what's going to make the difference. And then he says, but I'll do it. Now, I can't help but think that, that Peter wasn't really being genuinely submissive to Jesus. I think he was being more like sarcastically submissive. You know, when you're under authority, maybe under your boss, and your boss tells you to do something that you already tried doing, but it didn't work. But instead of saying, that's not going to work, because you want to be respectful, you want to keep your job, you say, Oh, well, I, you know, I, I, I kind of tried that already, but you know, maybe it'll work this time. And so you try it and you're not hoping that it works this time. You're hoping that, that it still doesn't work so that you can prove to your boss that you have the same mental process as he does. And you can basically do the same job that he's doing, right? That's, that's what you're hoping for. There's so much pride behind submission sometimes. (laughs) You write that down. It's good, man. There's so much pride behind submission Is it really submission? Peter says, we tried that. But at your request, sure. 
And I bet, I bet it had to hurt Peter, man, because Peter was a professional fisherman. This is what he did for a living. And he had a family. This is, this is how he made money. So he's probably a little low-key annoyed at Jesus, this carpenter who tells a fisherman how to catch fish. You know how men can be, right? I'm sure it was the same thing back in the day. The other day I was at the gym. I was doing squats. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and make my excuse real quick. Um, I I was already, I was a little bit sore already. All right. I was sore and I I was, I was at the, you know, I'd I'd been doing squats, trying to build my my legs a little bit. I've been doing squats, um, you know, a few times a week. So I was, I was sore and and I was kind of towards the end of the set. So I was feeling it. And, and because I was feeling it, my, my form was a little sloppy. And there was this guy next to me, man, he's notorious for always going around to people and like saying, hey, uh, try, try it this way. Or, or your form's a little off. Or, or he's always like so fired up, man. And he's just, and, and, and he was right there working out next to me. And I'm, I'm thinking, man, I hope, I hope he doesn't come up to me because I, I know that my form's a little, I'm, I'm getting a little sloppy. And sure enough, I, re, I re-racked the weights and he comes up to me and he's like, hey man, can I talk to you real quick, man? And he says, he says, hey man, um, your form, your form's a little off, brother. And first thing I do, man, the devil's a liar, man, but, but pride got in real quick. First thing I did when he said, when he told that to me, I sized him up. I looked him up and down. My eyes went straight to his legs to make sure that he had room to talk. Right. He's a, he's a real, he's a real, I mean, it's like probably like a foot, you know, shorter than I am. Really skinny guy. He's, he's fit, but you know, I'm at the gym. When you're at the gym, you're a guy, there's a lot of pride there. I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm more macho than this guy is. So in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, bro, just go back to doing Pilates or something. <laughs> but, but he tells me that and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I know I'm a little sore. And he's, he's telling me, Hey man, just you know, take it easy. Don't, don't overdo it. Right. And stuff that I already know. And, and again, I'm, I'm a little low key annoyed because I, I feel like, I feel like I know more than he does. I'm at the gym and you know, that's, that's testosterone's going and that's just how men are. And so here, Peter's probably thinking, man, this, this carpenter is telling me what to do. And he, he probably doesn't know how to fish. I mean, I've, I've been doing this a lot longer than he has. And but I'm going to go ahead and do it. So he's whatever. He lets, he lets down his nets, right? And I, I bet you he's thinking, man, let me just, let's just get this over with. Let's just try to do this. And, and so, so that I can show, I can prove to people that I already tried this and it didn't work. What does the Bible say next? What does the Bible say? He got results, right? The Bible says that their nets were filled and that they had to call the other boat the, the, the partners, and they had to they call them over. Hey, man, we don't know what to do. Our nets are breaking. Can you help us out? And so they come over, and then the fish are overflowing in the boat, and, and now both boats begin to sink. That, that's, in, that's incredible. That's incredible, man. They had so much abundance that they began to sink. My question when I was reading this was, what, what was the difference? Peter and his partners, they had already did this. They already, had, they already did what Jesus had told them to do. They used the same nets. They were on the same boats. They went into the deep. It was the same process. What was the difference? It was right there in, in verse 3. Jesus stepped into the boat. 
Jesus stepped into the boat. That was the only difference. Everything else was the same. The result was to be the same. They were out there to catch fish. The mission was the same. They were out there to catch fish. The strategy was even the same. But this time, Jesus was behind the strategy. Church, you know, maybe, maybe you're searching for certain results in your life. And you're employing the same, the same strategy that God himself would have you employ. But because he is a God that likes to draw glory to himself because he's worthy, maybe he's keeping you from getting the results so that he can give you that strategy. And so that you can say, when you find the results, hey, I had nothing to do with this. This was all God. Maybe, maybe that's the difference. Maybe God is just waiting to step into your boat and, and direct things. See, when Jesus is behind the mission and, and the vision, when he's behind the strategy, man, he's going to get results. He's going to get results. And all the glory is going to be his. I might be doing the, the things that God would have me do, but, but I, want, I want to take the glory. I want it to be my idea. I want it to be because I'm creative and I'm talented and I'm smart. And God's like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not, you're not going to get anything like that. Not until you let me step into your boat. That's the only difference. We need to have Jesus step into our boat, church, so that that he is directing the process. And all we have to do is listen. All we have to do is respond. And I believe that we're going to be flooded with blessings, man. We're not even going to know what to do with them. So so the message is called, Why why More Matters? I want to kind of close everything up here. Why did Jesus flood Peter's boat? Why, why, did, why did he flood both boats with an abundance of fish? Why not just say to Peter, Peter, it doesn't matter how many fish you catch. That's not important. Just, just drop everything. Come and follow me, and, and I'll show you the real way. Well, why didn't he do that? Because Peter wouldn't have believed him. Right? Peter wouldn't have believed him. It's the same reason that, that you don't give people your money when they tell you how you can make $1,000 a day just by sitting down at your house doing nothing. Right? You don't listen to those people. Don't listen to those people, guys. <laughs> now, if you, now if, you, if you prove it to me on the front end, then maybe I'll commit to you on the back end. So if you come to my house and you, and you give me some type of instruction and I follow that instruction and boom, I, I manage to make $1,000 a day without doing anything. Well, guess what? You're going to have my attention then. I'm going to want to listen to you then. I'm going to submit. I'm going to be like, bro, I don't know anything. Because you'll have proved to me something that you said, and now your word is more valuable. See, here in this scenario, Jesus, he hadn't yet built his reputation. Peter wasn't even his disciples yet. He was, he was, Jesus was fresh on the scene. So he was, he was, the Bible doesn't even tell us what Jesus was teaching when he stepped into the boat. But he was probably saying like something like, hey, I'm, I'm the son of God, right? That, that's pretty much what he said. And he was making these claims. But at this point... Claims wasn't going to be enough. Jesus had to show some action. Jesus had to, had to prove something. So, so when this carpenter tells Peter to go out into the deep and, and cast his net, something that he already tried, Peter then realizes that at his very word, an outpouring of blessing can result. By his very word, the very fish of the sea are drawn to him. By his very word, not by his skill set, not by his education level, not by how much training he has in fishing, but by his very word, this man Jesus, he gets results. He gets results. And the, man, the, Bible, says, the Bible says that Peter was astonished. All who were with him, they, they were amazed, they were astonished. Peter gets down on his, on his knees and he says, Lord, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. I don't know what I'm doing. He didn't feel worthy. 
He didn't feel worthy because this man, Jesus, who Peter probably thought he knew more about fishing, the tables are reversed. Now he knows that, man, I can't get anything done on my own, but, but this man, Jesus, can. And so, church, this is what happens when you align vision, not just vision, mission, purpose, strategy. When you align everything with the word of God, you're going to be astonished at the results, man. Maybe we have the vision right. Maybe we have the, the, our mission, but, but, but maybe something's off. Maybe God isn't behind the strategy. We have to be perfectly aligned with the will of God. And I believe we're going to get results. And we're going to get to the point, man, as, as a church, I know it's coming. But we're going we're gonna to look around and we're going to say, man, God, how, how is it that we're so blessed? How is it that we are able to reach more people than we ever thought possible? Maybe, maybe in your home, you might ask God, how is it that my marriage was restored? Because by the looks of it, it was, it was broken. It was irreparable. How, how is it that it was restored? How is it that I have money, man? I'm from the hood. I'm not supposed to have money. How? And we're going to be astonished at what God is doing. And we're going to feel so unworthy. But Jesus is going to be like, hey, you don't have to feel unworthy about anything because you didn't do anything. You just let me in your boat. You just opened the door when I knocked. That's all it takes, church. That's all it takes. And, and, and God, he's going to use more to show us that he alone is a result of that more. I hope you're getting this, man. I hope you're getting this. More matters. And God will show you more when you allow him to direct everything in your life. If Jesus can't get results, man, then he, he's, not, he's not who he says he is, right? But I think scripture has made it pretty clear that our God can call into existence everything, right? That our God can create something out of nothing. That our God can make a way where there's no way. He is a God. He's a God of more. He is a God of more. And he wants to show us more. But we need more of him first, church. I'm going to ask us to stand Church, do you want more, God? I mean, of course you're going to say that, right? No, I'm not asking you. I want you to ask yourself, do I want more of God? It's hard to desire God sometimes. There's some times when I'm in, I'm in church and it, I feel like I have to force myself to pray. I feel like I have to force myself to want more of God. And, and sometimes my prayer is, God, rid myself of, my, of, of me so that I can desire you more. Because right now, I, I'm, I'm not even craving it. That's, that's, just, that's just honest. Just being honest. But it's until we get to that point where we're never satisfied. That we're always thirsty. We're always thirsty for, for more of, of him. That he's going to continue just, just, just filling our lives, man. He's going to continue giving us more at our request. But if you, if you ever get to the point where you don't want more, he's not going to give it to you. He's just not going to give it to you. You have to want more. And not like when you go to your tia's house and she asks you if, 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 you want, if you would like some more. And you really don't, but you don't want to offend her, so you say yes. This God... 
God's not looking at your words. God's not looking at you when you say, God, I want more of you. He's looking at your heart. And I, there's, no, there's no message that I can preach. There's, there's nothing that I can do to convince you to want more of God. That's, that's between you and God. But I just want, I want to make you aware that wanting more of God, it, it's, it's a heart thing. It's not a mouth thing. It's not something that you just say because you, you can't convince God. You can maybe convince yourself. You can maybe convince me. But desiring more of God is something that is shown, not said. And so I want to leave you with, I want to leave you with that. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.